If I could handle the seasons of my life, I'd paint the leaves clearer so my tears won't show. I would tint the windows of my humble abode so neighbors wouldn't see me through my window. But what am I looking out to? It's you. Yes. You, precious listener. You see, we separate ourselves by status, skin color, location, and age. But who is the vulnerable animal gasping for air beneath water? Reflections. Every mirror you've ever purchased with your hard-earned money was in used condition. The eyes we set on everything, even the visual prize and the divine within, which comes alive. It's been here through pride and joy. Oh boy! (laughs) The impermanence of it, however, we thrive. You would have to think that with enough patience, we'll see everything through. But kind of like in a movie I just watched, the harder they fall, the softer they glow. There was actually a character in the movie. I forgot his name. I did not look it up. But he said something as so and so with what he said. I thought. Patience is a virtue. But he stated he never had enough patience to wait and see if thus true. What is it about the fear that if an elephant was a carnivore, we'd be fucked? They'd be dead. Or they'd all be in a zoo. Who cares? But what's it to you? Be grateful they eat grass. Shout out to those who live on their own. Shout out to those who are seeking some other type of dwelling. When I come down here and I speak, sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say. Because often, like, a good surprising moment we don't know what we're gonna see but spiritually we trust in something i don't know what it is but like mother nature that grows the trees and leaves the leaves we just be impermanence nothing lasts forever There are seasons of life that were meant for us to grow. There are seasons of life that are meant for us to flow. There are seasons of life that are meant for us to boast because the sun doesn't really care about you as much as the moon won't glow. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't, but that is the light reflecting of the impermanence. Seek mellow.
And no, not Carmelo Anthony because he's down in L.A. where the sun shines all the time and the rain doesn't shine. But you know what does? The Golden Girls. Oh, my. You know, I watched the movie today earlier. The Harder They Fall. And I see story as a way of the creators kind of coming together or any artwork in general. I look at it as if I'm an alien who's understands the language of human. And I look at these pieces of creations as they play themselves out from the opening credits the production companies displaying their names, LLCs, and incorporatings, and no one watches the credits at the end. But between the beginning and the end, there's kind of this unfolding of product. It's the unfolding of what all went into work, and this is the finished item here, and we're supposedly entertained, and yes, we are entertained, because, well... Speaking for myself, I watched the entire movie, so I was entertained. And great acting. But I look at it from the point of view of I've never seen a movie in my life, and this is real life. And shout out to the phenomenal actors. Aegis, Regina King, and uh, also the producers. So I can name everybody, but... I've always been a big Jay-Z, Sean Carter fan, and James, the other individual who, sorry, I don't remember his last name, but both of them produced the movie, and it was a great movie with a supporting acting and cast that were phenomenally performed. So I look at this piece of art as a work of product between geniuses, millionaires, people who've been doing what they do for decades and they they see what their final product is in fruition and here we are entertained as individuals and some of us will criticize some of us won't give a damn for it and we'll never see it but it's out there and one of the first things I did appreciate and that I liked about this movie was the typeface of the words The font that they used when they were explaining Selena's Texas. Or excuse me, they weren't explaining anything. They were just saying, this is Selena's Texas. And I like the typeface. I like that font. It was dope. I like it. I might look for it and use it on a book. And write some stupid sci-fi short story typeface novella. Um, that totally didn't make sense, but I meant I would use the typeface on a novella based on a sci-fi western story if I, when I am blessed to do so. It's crazy to think how you always assume that the next, next best thing for you is something that you think. I mean, it's, for example... If your heart's broken, you're going to be yearning for a text from that individual, something from them, 
in your wildest dreams in a perfect world, which it could be if you believe, but you just want them to show up at your doorstep and say, I'm sorry, here I am, let's start over. We can really do this this time. Forgive me? And then you pull out your shotgun and shoot that bitch in the face. No, don't ever do that. That's actually rude. She has a family. They have a family. But you always envision these things where it's like, that is the next best thing. Not the violence, forgive me. But you think at the moment you receive the text, there it is, the next best thing. It is not always the next best thing that they text you. Because even if they did text you, it could be something that dearly hurts the truth. So what is the next best thing for you? It's often something that we don't know. Because the next best thing could derive from the next best thing that hurts. And it becomes this chain of events that lead into something you could never even imagine. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about heartbreaks. I'm just talking about in general, if you're waiting for some big break in whatever it may be, a job, or I think big picture often, and I try to make it very specific because I live in a generalized world of my own. And I'm grateful for that because I can simplify things and not be so complicated all the time. If you've heard me from podcast day one, 099, I think it's Cockpit of Dreams. My thoughts are everywhere. The ignorance will think I'm a fool, but the wise will know what I mean. And that is as hard as I fall with the chaos. I live in this state of always internally looking in for the next best thing and it's not easy because there are seasons within me of the body that I go through and it's like Two minutes of emotional dread could lead me to an event that puts me in two hours of uncertainty. I could have a lot of things going on in my mind waiting for something that I think will make me happy, but that one thing that I don't really care for has something within it that makes me happy. And it's like, whoa, that was it. This is it. And then there's a come down. There's a depression period. Not depression as in people who are depressed, but you got to think about this relatively. Depression is kind of like autism. It's on a spectrum. There's a wide range of understanding it. So that's why I try to be careful with my wild way of thinking and words because they can be very all over the place. But there's a downside to being excited. I was debating with myself if I wanted to begin smoking weed again and I usually go off and on 
every other week because I have a, I don't want to say I have an addictive personality. Maybe I do. Probably would have to get a psychologist to tell me if I do or not. But the idea is I was debating with myself for about an hour if I wanted to go to the dispensary and buy some weed. I started to look up what strains help with anxiety and depression. And I was asking myself, am I really dealing with anxiety and depression or am I just dealing with loneliness? What am I dealing with really? And I think it's kind of one of two things. I think it's several things actually. And there's a lot of avenues I can go into with this conversation with myself and who's ever listening. But the idea is I don't think it's so much that I'm trying to fix something within me, but that conversation alone was something that I needed with myself because instead of resulting or falling back on cannabis, which is totally for, I'm all for it if people do that, but am I prolonging something that I need to face as an individual? Am I prolonging a season of myself within that will always reapproach me in different iterations, whether it's the summer, spring, fall, or winter? There's an iteration I, I think because of Google and Bing that I've always suffered from, or let me rephrase that, experienced SAD seasonal affection disorder and I totally forgot this yesterday but yesterday was or say last night was the fall back an hour and it got dark very soon so what is it about the darkness that we don't like or I don't like and I think what it is is it's not light. <laughs> when God said, let there be light in Genesis, turn on the lights because it was dark. And I don't think there's anything wrong with dark. I had a lot of dark thoughts. But one thing I had learned a while back and I was listening to someone on, I think it was a podcast, and they were explaining that there's been so many translations in the Bible of, um, specifically speaking about Genesis, one of the, I think it was a Hebrew, one of the original words from light was ord. Let there be light, let there be ord. Let there be ord was translated into, let there be light. And ord was short for order. So in the beginning there was chaos and God said, let there be order. And what is it usually in the dark? In the dark there's usually chaos because you can't see shit. I'm often alone with my thoughts and most of us are if you are intelligent enough, 
emotionally strong enough, you sustain it alone and you end up getting something a little bit more tenfold in a train of thoughts and a chain of emotions. And it usually peaks out at the moment of clarity, obviously, but order isn't set without chaos taking its place. Chaos is why I do what I do. If you go to my website, you'll see a whole bunch of pictures. You scroll down, there will be pictures from Batman, Joker, and then there'll be some rocks, then there'll be me, and then there'll be an airplane, then there'll be a train, then there'll be a whole bunch of shit. The order of what I do is out of chaos. Shout out to all the spiritual motherfuckers listening to this, because you know what? You're the reason some religions need more people. I said on my last podcast that when someone loses their community or someone specific speaking about younger people, they usually result to gang and violence as a sense of community and acceptance. I'm not the first person to say this. Won't be the last and not the only person saying it. It's just the way humans are. We're tribal creatures. The idea behind understanding where you are and where you need to be is acceptance. You are where you are because that's just where the universe took you. And if you want to label a gang member a thug in a bad way, so be it. He's there because he or she or they are. They're there because that's just the way it goes. But if you leave a group for self-seeking fulfillment, you're only going to find one thing. And that is yourself. Whether you join a group and it's a gang, a corporation, or a Maybe you join a class or some book club. It's all gatherings because humans are built to gather. We're supposed to be together. But there's these certain people that will leave a group to seek other groups, or they just go, like I said, to seek themselves. Seek themselves through the seasons of emotions, through changes, and it hurts. No pain, no gain, right? Wrong. No pain. You would be lame. Where you gain is with people. You want to know who you are if you aren't with people. If I didn't make sense there, ask me. I'll clarify that. But pain is the essence of impermanence. And once you find yourself, you're going to seek one thing, and that is, who am I? But keep in mind, you're always going to be there. And whether you want to come back to people and teach what you learn, the prodigal son, whatever that is, that is your prerogative. But one thing I will say, you will always be the people. You will always be who you came from, the communities, the churches, the schools, institutions, corporations. You will always be that. You're the wildest product of acceptance. 
a thug who seeks Jesus after a lifetime of gang and corporation. Who art thou? At that point, they are spiritual thug. Be sly as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. This is Bud Talks Podcast, episode 231. Good morning, good evening, good night, everyone. Enjoy the dark and allow the light.